Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 24. Calculators, what are the rules this week? My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Hopefully, you're using a calculator on the ACT. But my guess is, if you're using one, you're probably not using it like the other people in the room. Why? Because the rules are not clear. And the rules are so crazy and enforced so differently that my guess is you may even be limiting some of the opportunities you have with your calculator. Whereas others, you may be using it in ways that maybe you're not supposed to. But here's the thing. If you are, you probably don't know you are. And in this episode, I'm going to try to tell you what the calculator rules are. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of the dumbest things ever. When I read this to you, you're going to go, what in the world? I cannot believe the way ACT defines these rules. It is mind-boggling. And the way it's being enforced differently at different test centers, I just can't even begin to explain it in this episode. So I hope you'll listen to the, the full episode here. This is just nuts and it needs to be changed and clarified and enforced uniformly. I, I can't even believe what I'm about to teach in this episode, but here we go. Calculators were illegal up until 1994. In 1994, ACD changes the rule and says, hey, calculators are now legal to use on the ACT, but your memory on your calculator had to be cleared. Now, a lot of the calculators today, we know have the ability to store things in the form of programs, apps. You can even store formulas and different things. Well, in 1994, ACD says, look, we'll make the calculator use legal, but that memory had to be cleared. Okay, that's great in theory. Here's the problem. You had a bunch of people administering ACTs in 1994 who did not use calculators like this. We used the old-fashioned calculators back then. So the people administering the test, they had no idea how to tell. And I would hear story after story of the ways students were cheating with these. And every workshop I taught back in the late 90s, I would say, listen, don't cheat on the ACT. Don't do it. It's not worth it. I can tell stories about students who cheated, got caught, and what the consequences of that are. Don't do it. And I would say that. I'd say, listen, stop doing it. Your memory has to be cleared. Quit putting formulas in your memory. It is illegal. Well, in 2001, ACT changes the rule. And, and these dates are rough. This is, I'm pretty close on 94 and 01. But in about 2001, ACT changes the rule and says, look, calculators are legal. But basically, they threw up their hands and said, we recognize that the people administering the test, they don't know how to tell. And so we're not really able to enforce that rule that memories had to be cleared. So they said, memories no longer have to be cleared. So in 2001, ACT legalizes using programmed calculators. Now this changed everything. And I started teaching my workshop. I said, this is the craziest rule ever. I, and, and what was interesting is I start teaching my classes back in 01 and I had test administrators coming to me going, listen, my rule book has changed. And it's saying, it, it doesn't tell me now that I have to clear these calculators. And I was just blown away by it. And I remember I asked multiple test administrators, hey, let me see your manual, let's talk. They 
made it legal to program whatever you wanted in the memory of your calculator. And so I started teaching in the class, look, you need to get all your formulas in there. You need to get programs in there that can solve some of these formulas for you. There's no reason for you to do the math of the distance formula. If there's a very simple uh, program we can add, that'll do it for you. In 2013, ACT, it was roughly the fall of 13, ACT says, wait, we're going back to the old rule from 94 to 01 and memories need to be cleared again. Well, here's the problem. People administering tests still didn't know how to tell. And I found that there was a lot of confusion and it seemed the rule was getting defined different ways. A lot of changes were being made. And finally, it just got so crazy that I start asking every school, I'm going to school, I'm like, okay, you, so you administer the test here. So how do you handle calculators? And I, it was just nuts. And so I've still been doing that all the way up from 15 till now. And here's what I get told. Some schools don't even look at calculators now to see if it's a legal model. Now I'm going to read to you rules here in just a minute, but some calculators, some, some schools, they don't even look at them. There's like, Hey, the rule book tells us, you know, we don't have to check that memory or whatever. And we just, we don't worry about it. Students are responsible. Students have to govern it for themselves. So they don't even look to see if it's illegal. So I've talked to students, many students who use TI 89s and TI 92s, for example, on ACTs, those calculators are illegal. They are on the ban list. Now, most schools I go to say, we check to see if it's a legal calculator, but we don't look at the memory. And most administrators will say, the rule book doesn't tell us to check their memory. The rule book tells us that they are to know the rules of the calculator. And if we see anything su suspicious, then we're supposed to check what's going on. If they see something suspicious, they're supposed to check what's going on. But as they say, we don't really know what's suspicious because we don't know anything about programs or apps. Now, a few schools and very few schools I go to say they actually look at the programs. They check the memory to see if anything is programmed. So I'll always follow up on that and I'll say, okay, how do you check that? Now, the most common calculator used in high schools in the United States right now would be the TI-83 plus or TI-84 plus. So counselors will tell me or administrators will tell me, we click on the button program, P-R-G-M, right in the middle of that calculator, we click on program. And if anything appears there, we have the student delete it. Now, this is an interesting approach because number one, it does not follow the rule. Students are not required by ACT to delete the memory of their calculator. It is legal to have things in your memory as long as it fits the criteria that I'm about to read you. Some counselors will say, once they clear their RAM, and you would do that on a TI-83 or 84 by hitting second memory 712, and then it says RAM cleared. Most counselors say they hit second memory 712, it says RAM cleared, we let them go into tests. And I say, now wait a minute, what about archive memory? See, on the TI-83s and 84s, you can have programs in archive memory. When you clear the RAM, it doesn't touch the archive memory. Now, a few will say, well, yeah, I'm aware of that. I make sure they unarchive their programs and then do it. And that way it eliminates them. Well, again, you, you can see the confusion here because most don't know how to tell. 
And then I always follow up with this question. If you have them clear the memory of programs, do you also have them clear the apps? I have never one time found a test administrator who says, yes, I have them click on apps and we start clearing the apps. But the rule book specifically states that it's programs and apps. Now, look, if you can't already tell from the beginning of this episode, this is completely out of control and it is crazy. How crazy is it? I even had one test administrator. Now, this is several years back, but I had one test administrator who actually stood up in front of the room at a national ACT test and said, if you get caught using one of Chad Cargill's programs on your calculator during the math section, I will throw you out. Now, that's just crazy because, again, there are many programs that are legal. The rule book is telling students that it is the student's responsibility to know the latest rules. Now, I pulled up the latest rules. I'm recording this on July 15th of 2020. I pulled the latest rules today. And it even says right underneath the header, these rules may change. And it's the student's responsibility just to keep up with these changing rules. But it's telling the administrators that they aren't to check the memory of the calculators. And the students are just supposed to understand these rules, which I'm about to read, are just insanely crazy. And so the rules are just supposed to be followed by students who self-govern the rules. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now let's go through the rules. And when I read these to you, it's just absolutely going to blow your mind. So it starts by saying what calculators are prohibited. Now I'm going to have all this in the show notes. I'll have links to these on ACT's site. They even have a phone number you can call to listen to their hotline message. I've called that several times trying to get up, trying to see what's updated. Uh, it, it doesn't give you any more information than what they have on their site, but it's just ridiculous. Also, I, I find on their site, I find a lot of discrepancies. Uh, there, there's, there's just, they're, I don't know what's going on out there right now. They're not doing a great job of being consistent with the things they have on their site. For example, I, I even uh, taught in an earlier episode, I believe it was episode two, on you should always order a copy of your test and answers when available. And I told you how to measure that and what to do with it. Well, on their site today, it says it's available on the December and June National ACT, not the April anymore. But then when you click on it for the information to go to it. Then it says December, June, and July. So even their own site contradicts itself on that. And there's a lot of other contradictions as well. And if you get on uh, ACT's Twitter account and you see where they're posting about cancellations of test centers and refunds and, and people wanting that test information, really just click on one of their tweets and then read the comments below it. Right now, it's a mess over there and their site is reflecting that as well. But nothing is more of a mess of anything they do that I'm aware of than their governance of calculators. So the rule book says, or reading online, that TI-89s, TI-92s are, those are illegal. TI-Inspire CAS computer algebraic solver. Okay. The CAS version of the TI inspire is illegal. Cause again, it has the built-in algebraic solver. Then they have all kinds of other little 
you know, factors or whatever. And I'm not going to get into all the details of those. They list some HP models that are less common, some Casio models that are less common. Um, you'll want to check that out if you have an HP or a Casio calculator. You can't have a keyboard on your calculator with the QWERTY. You can't have the QWERTY uh, keyboard in that format. You can have letters on your keys. They just can't be in that format. So they tell you that certain calculators are legal after they're modified, meaning that if you had a calculator like I do, I have a, an HP calculator that has an infrared port on it. You have to cover the infrared port. You can't have a paper tape. You can't have a calculator that makes sound. But the big area of question is the computer algebraic equation solver functionality. And so I'm going to read to you the 10 things they have posted in their frequently asked questions about what that means and how that is enforced. So first, how does the policy apply to calculators that cannot hold programs or documents? So their answer, well, not all of them can hold documents. And so if, if they can't hold documents or they can't hold programs, then it doesn't affect you. Your calculator is great. The second question, what is computer algebra system functionality? And I'm going to read this to you word for word. A computer algebra system typically solves equations algebraically, simplifies expressions, performs algebraic manipulations, and performs exact arithmetic. For example, does not round or truncate decimal places. A computer algebra system is also a system potentially doing many levels of analysis at the same time. Examples include, but are not limited to, Zoom math, App for Math, F2K, etc. Why can't I use a computer algebra system on the ACT mathematics test? Answer. A computer algebra system has a valid place in mathematics and learning how to use the tool effectively is valuable. The ACT mathematics test does not assess the skill. Being college and career ready in mathematics requires that a student be able to analyze algebraic expressions and equations, knowing what to do in order to solve problems. Then... Question four on here says, my calculator holds apps as well as programs. Are apps allowed? Apps that have CAS functionality, computer algebraic solving functionality, must be removed as well. Even though your calculator may have separate buttons or places to store apps versus programs, an app is a kind of program. For the purposes of this policy, the definition of program includes apps. Anytime the word program is used, it should be interpreted to include apps as well. Well, that sounds great. I've never found a test administrator ever that checks and deletes apps off of a calculator. So again, students are just supposed to know this and govern it. Question five, do all programs have to be removed? What about documents? Only programs that have computer algebraic solver CAS functionality must be removed. So that implies you can have, doc you can have programs on there as long as they don't have what they define as CAS functionality, which has not been defined yet. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. All documents, however, must be removed regardless of their purpose or function. This is something I find as a great debate in my classes, because I'll say, listen, documents have to be deleted on your calculator. And I'll go, I have no idea what that means. I'm not sure what a document is in the memory of your calculator. And I'll even ask administrators. Do you know what documents are in the memory? No, I don't really know what would be considered a document in the memory of the calculator. And the administrators always follow up with, it's not our job to check anyway. So students just got to figure that out. Well, 
when I do get students who answer it, I get all these different opinions about that. Well, is that considered dogma? Well, I don't know that. So I have no idea. Question six, can you tell me if a specific program or app is allowed? ACT's answer, given the proliferation of math resources tools, ACT is not fully familiar with all mathematics programs and apps that are available for use on a calculator. If you are unsure whether a program or app is prohibited, our recommendation is to not install it or remove it before test day. Interpretation. Hey students, we have no idea what we're doing. We have no idea whether it's legal or not because there's too many of them and you know, we would have to like study them to figure out if they're legal or not. And really, you know, at the test centers, they're not going to know either. So listen, if you have any question, if you should use it, you need to delete it. Brilliant. Question seven. Is it okay to disable programs instead of removing them? ACD's calculator policy calls for the programs to be removed. Disabling programs, for example, putting the calculator in press to test mode is not enough. Question eight. If I have to remove programs from my calculator, how do I get them back on after I test? Many calculators have a way of restoring programs if they have been saved outside the calculator. Basically, let me, I'm, I'm stepping away from their answer here. Basically, here's what that means. On a TI-83+, 84+, you can back up your, your uh, calculator programs and then you can put them back on afterwards. So you could delete them before the test and then after the test, you could hook your calculator back up to your computer and restore them. If you have programs that you need to remove and you do not know how to save and restore, we recommend you check with the calculator company for details well in advance of test day. Question nine, what kinds of mathematics related programs are allowed? All right, now here is where it's gonna get absolutely ridiculous. Questions nine and 10, this is where it just goes off the rails, man. This train is about to crash. Here's the answer. The kinds of mathematics-related programs permitted for the ACT allow students to use the calculator capabilities to do the routine calculations, yet require students to show their analysis skills by choosing the right operations and process. Mathematics-related programs are allowed if they are single-purpose, for example, finding numeric solutions to a quadratic equation. A student must choose the right program for the right purpose. This is much the same as choosing the right formula for the right purpose. Now, they're expecting students, and if you're a parent listening, I guess you as guiding your students, to define what this means. The way this reads, a program is allowed if it's a single purpose. So if you need to solve the quadratic equation, you got a program that can do it, find the numeric solution for that, it's legal, I guess the way you would define that is if you needed to solve the distance formula. So you had a single purpose program that could solve that for you. Maybe you enter X1, Y1, X2, Y2, hit enter, and it tells you the distance. The way that is written, I'm assuming that's legal. But here's the deal. I don't know. And neither do the test administrators or students who try to follow this rule. Now let's go to question 10 because this is where it really goes crazy. Are there any rules that allowed mathematics-related programs must follow? Answer. Programs must be written in the language of the calculator. Programs written in a different language, compiled, and loaded onto the calculator are not allowed. In this way, the programs can be examined on the calculator and will use calculator functions. 
Programs must not be lengthy. The limit is 25 logical lines of code. Programs cannot call another program. Techniques such as compressing code into a data statement are not allowed as a way of getting around this limit. Programs are allowed to change the value of system variables so that results may, for example, be graphed through the normal calculator graphing interface. So let's say that your student, or if you're a student listening, you have a program on your calculator that solves the midpoint formula. In order to know if it's legal, here's what you must know. Was it written in the native language of the calculator? Is it less than 25 lines of code? Is it compiled? Does it call on another program? This is the stupidest thing I've ever read. Oh, how in the world is any student going to know any of that? And you're using these programs in class. Some of the professors, some of the teachers, they allow you to use programs. Students are using these programs. And then they've got to make a decision on an ACT if this if their programs do these things, it's just ridiculous. And then you take it to the ACT and you've got a very few set of test centers who are saying, yeah, I can't use those programs. And what's amazing is, is you could literally pull this rule out and go, listen to me. I know how to program. My program's less than 25 lines of code, not compiled, written in the native language of the calculator, doesn't call on another program. My program is legal. Guess what? They're still going to delete it. It's just the stupidest thing ever. Now, how did I handle this? Casey was a senior last year. And when they made this stupid rule, I had all these amazing programs for her on her calculator. I had the program that would solve the distance formula. Just like I mentioned earlier in this, I mean, she could type in X1, Y1, X2, Y2. I believe it met this criteria, but I didn't know. And because I do not ever want to take a chance of cheating on an ACT, I told her to delete it. I had formulas programmed in her calculator. I mean, equation of circle, I had the formula programmed in. Midpoint, I had it programmed in. I had all the factors of 30, 60. I had it all in there for her. But I said to her, I don't know how you define what a document is on the calculator. I don't know if a formula is defined as a document. I have no idea what this stupid rule means. So I said, look, we don't cheat. We don't. And I never want to take a chance of cheating on HD. I said, delete all your memory. Just delete it all. And I said, look, I know it may affect your score. And I, and I even told her, I said, look, I know the people around you will use programs and have the formulas programmed in. But I said, I don't want to take a chance. Delete it all. Now, since that year, which was last year into this year, uh, and I say last school year, I mean, she just finished her freshman year of college. So actually that's two school years ago. I've changed my thought on this. And my belief now is this rule is so stupid and the way it's written is so confusing. And all of the test administrators are telling me they have no idea what any of it means. And the students are just self-governed. I would say if I had it to do over, I'd tell her, leave them in there. Because I would say, look, as far as I'm concerned, those aren't documents. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't, I don't know programming that well. So the best of my knowledge, I think it fits all this. And if an administrator can show me that it doesn't, then maybe it's illegal. I would tell her to program it with everything she could find and all of her formulas and use it. Look, the number one fear of a standardized testing company is the validity of the test. And what has happened with this just absurd rule is that it punishes students who know the rule and try to follow the rule. 
And when I say try to follow it, like my daughter Casey, I have no doubt that it hurt her math score because she tried to follow a rule and we didn't even know, we didn't even know what the rule meant. So I know you're probably wondering what a solution is. Well, here's the solution. ACT needs outlaw calculators. Now, I know all of you are like dying inside. What? ACT needs to outlaw programmable calculators. It is the only way this can be enforced. Their math test is not a valid measurement because they have rules that are not enforced. I have no idea why you would have rules if they can't be enforced. By definition, a rule is only valid if it's enforced. If I tell my kids not to run through the house and I let them run through the house, that's not really a rule. It's just something I said. And so this whole calculator mess, I, I don't even know what it is because it's not being enforced because it can't be enforced. The administrators don't know how to tell and they don't have time to check. So ACT needs to outlaw programmable calculators, all of them. I, I don't know why they won't do that. There's a lot of questions to be asked here. Why haven't they done this? I have no idea. They need to outlaw all programmable calculators or... They need to say, look, you can program what you want in your calculator. If you know how to use it, well, that's the new world now. The, you know, the, the new age now, we, you know, we have technology. And if you know how to use the technology, then that's just as good as you know, being able to do it manually. And if ACD wants to take that approach, I'm great with that. But they need to clarify it. So uh, you know, it, it's just one of the most confusing things ever. And I have no idea why it's gone so many years uh, where they've left it so confused. It just seems like it gets more confusing I don't even know what to say. My advice to you is I would load your calculator with every formula and solver you can find. If you are smart enough to figure out if it meets this 25 lines, all this stuff, great. Verify that. Um, you can ask your test administrator if you're taking the ACT at your high school. Just ask your administrator. Just say, hey, all right, you're mentioning tests. How do you handle calculators? What do we do? That might help as well. You could even call ACD and go, hey, I've got a program. I have no idea. And they're going to tell you, well, just delete it. I mean, come on. That, that's not a valid answer. So I'm not sure how you want to handle this. Um, as Again, I'll just say that with my daughter, Casey, we deleted everything. I wasn't going to take a chance. I think if she was a high school senior this year, I'd just load that sucker up with everything we could. As long as I didn't know any different. I mean, I wouldn't intentionally load things on there that I know is illegal. Um, but if I didn't know any different and I thought it met the rules, hey, the rule book's written such that students are to self-govern this and I would govern it to the best of my knowledge and call it good. And I, I don't know what else to say because uh, almost everyone in the country uh, is who uses program calculators, they use these because they think they're legal and the way ACT's rules are written, I don't know how you know otherwise. So that's my advice. I, I, I've hesitated to do this episode. I mean, this is episode 24. I've had this on my docket to do this episode since episode two. And I just keep delaying and I kept thinking, well, I'll wait till new rules come out this year. Maybe ACT will, you know, clarify this. It's still not clear. I have no idea. So I finally just said, well, I'm going to do the episode and, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, they'll, they'll change it or they'll clarify it. I mean, it would make my life easier as an ACT prep teacher if they would outlaw programmable calculators because I could clearly state the rule. Right now, I have to stand in front of groups of students and say, here's the rule. And I start rattling off that 25 lines code, knock about, and I'm like, look, I have no idea what any of that means, 
But, uh, you know, basically you just, you are to self-govern the rule. And I tell them it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but that's the rule. So self-govern it. And I have no idea. And then sometimes the student will raise his hand and go, well, does that mean I'll just be like, I have no idea. I, I don't know what to tell you. And I'll turn to the counselor and I'll say, do you administer the ACT or yes? And I'll go, how do you handle it? And most counselors just like, yeah, we just, we don't even look. So, you know, they read the rule and do what you think's best. All right. Well, I, uh, I know this was a little bit more of a rant than it was an informative episode, but I, I hope you got some information out of that and maybe it's something you can use. And, uh, if you do figure out some of this for me, I'd love for you to let me know because when I start workshops coming up uh, here in about a month, I need to make sure that I'm telling accurate information. And so I'm constantly rereading this and maybe ACT will change this rule and clarify it because that'd be best for everybody if they just say, hey, here's what we're going to let happen and not. And it's going to be enforced. That way everybody has a fair and equal chance on the ACT. All right. Well, that'll do it for the episode on calculators. I really appreciate you listening. If you will check my website, uh, calendar.chatcargo.com, you'll see all my upcoming classes. And hopefully I'm going to have some online classes for those schools that uh, are going to be closed down. And I'll be getting information to you through the podcast on ways that you could join some of these online classes potentially. And uh, there, there's going to be a lot of other things that I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm having to uh, create some different ways to get information to you since some of these schools are going to be virtual this coming year. But we'll uh, just just keep listening to the podcast, keep watching my site, chadcargo.com, and I'll make sure to get that information to you. All right, well, that'll do it. And I really appreciate you spending the time to listen this week. And I'll be back with you again next week for a new episode. So once again, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>